Welcome to the Business Focus Podcast. Before we start, can we ask one thing? 74% of you that watch this channel frequently do not subscribe. If you've enjoyed our videos, please could you do me a favor and hit the subscribe button? It helps this channel more than you know, and the bigger the channel gets, the bigger the learning gets. Welcome to the Business Focus Podcast. Jonathan Herbs is the host of the Business Focus Podcast. He is a strategic advisor, coach, and mentor to entrepreneurial business owners, CEOs, and senior executives. In this podcast, he chats with entrepreneurs, founders, and CEOs of scaling companies. It centers around their entrepreneurial journey so far and their aspirations for their companies. So today we're speaking with Greg Parfit, who's CEO at Orange High. And thank you, Greg, and welcome. Uh, thanks for having me, Jonathan. So I might just jump straight into it. What do you do? What does, do you do and what does Orange High do? So um, well, I'm the CEO at Orange Hire and we, we run a rental <coughs> business um, and um, we have two key verticals, um, which are traffic and earth moving and compaction gear. We service construction, but more specifically civil construction. Um, um, but, you know, local government, anything that really um, in, involves either keeping people safe through separating workers and traffic and or really anything that's involved with digging and or compacting dirt. Okay. And you, where are you? Um, where are you? Where We're you on are? the eastern seaboard of Australia. So we've got um, sort of, I guess, hub branches along the eastern seaboard. Um, and we, we sort of shift, shift from the coastal network into inland as well. And do you provide, what do you do? Do you provide machinery? Do you provide dry hire, Dry hire equipment. Okay. Um, um, and then also, you know, quite active and used equipment sales as well. So trying to keep the fleet young, so we do churn out our equipment quite quickly. Okay. How long have you been involved with the business, and how long? I've been involved with the business for about three and a half years now, um, and the business has been running for, you know, probably about thirteen years. Okay. And your background before you joined? Uh, before you joined. Um, so I did a long stint um, in a business, started off in a business called National Hire, which is a small uh, private business. Um, we in, in hire as well, and more broad uh, product lines. Um, and then through various manoeuvres, we ended up um, floating the business, relatively small float. Then we got um, basically a major shareholding um, that took place through Westrack, uh, which is owned by the Seven Group. And then with those guys, we privatised again. And then with partners from America, the Carlisle private equity guys, we ended up buying Coates, which was probably at that time about three and a half times our size, and then put those businesses together, took the Coates brand forward. Um, and then I had um, numerous jobs sort of in the executive team there running, first of all, New South Wales, and then into New South Wales and Victoria. Um, and then I went into a head office role, which was more kind of corporate at first, and then ultimately ended up running the sales teams across the country uh, for Coates. Um, so that, that was sort of almost a 30-year journey. I did a year outside in an automotive business, um, part of a, a global form from Inchcape. I ran a business in Australia called AutoNexus, which was mostly around uh, distribution and some upfits of vehicles and parts, et cetera. And then, um, you know, the, the Joyce's uh, who owned Orange at the time, um, you know, reached out and uh, and ended up at Orange Hire. Right. And I'll, I'll make a comment because Greg and I spoke a bit earlier, but the Joyce's are a phenomenal um, uh, business building family. Um, uh, they founded and then sold um, J-Bro and um, Orange Hire was part of their ongoing strategy. So interesting, Greg, you're now been through 
what is it two or three um, uh, private equity um, investment investors coming into companies you've been in, and then then sales of two of them. Um, it's an interesting experience. Yes, I mean, you know, I think when we when we sat there in in in, in Coates in the beginning or in National Heart when we got private equity partners, a lot of nervousness uh, around um, you know just the reputation of those guys. Um, I think at the end of the day, um, if you get the right partners, that, that you ultimately do need to buy into the business strategy. I think because you, know, you need that alignment from owners all the way through. Um, but you know they they're pretty pure in their approach in that they are interested in making money. Most of them, as I said, will work out that you know, people and customers will make you money. Um, and, um, yeah, and it's been good learnings. They, they pick stuff up quickly, and I think they're very dexterous, so to speak, around the way they deal with businesses. And, uh, you know, what has probably amazed me is the, is the horsepower they bring and then also just the speed they get it. And, uh, yeah. Um, so you've got private equity owners now. So yeah. Um, how, how is that different to you know, operating with you know, a family board, as an example, as you had before? Yeah, you know, I, I've got to be honest, and not, not, a lot, not a lot has changed. I mean, I, I think we got very lucky, and I, and I think the Joyce's did sort of support the management in their choice as well of, of the partners they put us with. Um, and I think for us, and the key reason I, I went, um, you know, came across to, to join Orange and to work with the Joyce's was around their, their absolute commitment to, to understanding um, the importance of their people and, uh, and, and driving uh, a lot of engagement, a lot of measuring engagement and, and making that probably the core, um, you know, foundation of the business. And then added right next to that is that uh, focus on customer experience and, uh, and, and, and really measuring their promoter score, looking at every comment from every customer right at the top. And, uh, you know, our new owners, Arcadia Capital, um, both have history with myself and the CFO from uh, that they were, Two, two guys who worked with Carlisle inside Coates, so they kind of yes. knew, knew us. Yes. Um, but also really get that concept of, you know, sure, we, we're here to make money, but, um, you know, you really need to get your people fired up and, and, and wanting to give discretional effort. Um, and you'll drive good customer experience of that and you'll drive growth and profit from, from that ultimately. Mm-hmm. So they're having the right guys, and uh, these guys think a lot like the Joyce's, and that was the foundation of this business, I guess. It's interesting the the choices you would have been in the Jaguar offices, and um, you know, I'm, I'm a, uh, a scaling up coach, and they implemented so much of what I what I coach. Even into I'm going to jump um, jump to my next question because it's it's an interesting experience when you go into Jaguar. <clears throat> There's dashboards everywhere. Everybody knows what's going on. You go up into the into the um, into the boardroom, and there's a, a life size cutout um, picture of a trade a, a tradesman. I've forgotten his name now. Um, in all their decisions about service, they refer to this core customer as we describe it. So, tell me, who is your core customer? Who's your you know, the perfect customer for you? Well, yeah, I mean, the, the Joyce has really used that model. Quite well, and we had a guy called Steve, yeah. um, and uh, and uh, also had our cutouts and, and posters with Steve on it. It's probably evolved a little bit, you know. We probably see ourselves, you know, um, in, into a, a slightly broader customer base. Um, you know, we've probably got four or five key customers, but for us, um, you know, it's really starting uh, with with the tier one builders in, in, in a lot of our traffic product. Um, those guys are, are obviously looking for safety number one, and uh, and, and pretty strong uh, procurement processes running through 
and the type of uh, you know the bigger projects as well. So you kind of are getting squeezed both on quality and price, um, but you are getting really good duration and, and low operating costs out of those guys. So that's the one group. And then it kind of cascades down to tier four or five um, small business owners in the in the civil space. And um, and those guys are already their own gear, most of them. So they own their own gear. They're looking to supplement their fleets. They're really looking for businesses that can uh, produce quality equipment and be super responsive to their needs. Um, you know, it's all about pace. Um, so, yeah, so we've got a kind of a bit of a broader customer base. We'll focus these days, but very similar thing to the choices and really understanding the, you know, what are these guys really looking for and, and trying to differentiate on the back of that. Okay. And, and like the choices, as I said, you know, really living off feedback from our customers yeah. to drive right. our, to drive our um, direction of the business. Right. Thank you. So we've all been through the, uh, the pandemic. Um, what are the, some of the things that you did in the pandemic that now remain in your business? Yeah, well, I mean, obviously flexibility. Um, and where, wherever we, we could, and, uh, you know, really a lot of our branches, you know, really it was only the mechanical staff that we couldn't obviously work remotely and other, other teams, um, if it suited them, people were able to work remotely very quickly. And like most businesses, we were surprised that, kind of how well it worked. I didn't realise how well we were set up for it really. So, so the, you know, and that remains. So we have um, quite a bit of flexibility through in the branches where people choose it. In our head office, we certainly have flexibility. And as I mentioned before, Jonathan, you know, there's 25-odd people in the office. I'm in when everyone's here, but today I'm on my own. So we have one day with everyone in, and then from there people make a choice of a second day, et cetera. Um, I certainly and my team like to get together once a week face-to-face. Um, and, uh, yeah, and we just try and work to what people require. I mean, there is an office still, so if you do want to come, you're welcome. Um, but there's there's no requirement that you're here every day. And we, we've certainly seen people um, you know, gain quality of life on the back of it. I think, you know, most people have put it into, hopefully, uh, into themselves and their families more than just ending up doing that extra bit of work at the end of the day, which still happens, um, but but so some good gains there. The, the other thing we did, I think, which 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 helped us, Jonathan, was to um, we started having a week. People were pretty, you know, pretty spooked at the start of COVID, mm-hmm. and we started to have a weekly catch up with every person in the business, a Zoom, and invited, you know, got the guys to stop work and. Initially, it was really around, you know, we're all okay, we're going to be okay, we're going to look after each other, and we sort of made a commitment that if, if part of the business had to shut down, the rest of it, and, and we couldn't really afford wages, you know, we would all take a hit, and, you know, regardless of what the, the employment laws said, we were going to really sit this out together and, and do everything to protect every job and every family as opposed to, you know, look after, the, you know, as opposed to a group of us might suffer. So we, we've got a very central theme going. And I think that has stuck in our culture that we, you know, we're all in this together, always. Um, and that communication. So we started off with that weekly. Weekly is now gone to fortnightly, um, but we are talking to the whole business directly. Um, and that was only something you did when you travelled to each branch before and you got your messages. It just wasn't something you thought about. Um, and so I think it's brought, brought us together, and it's probably sped up the evolution, I guess, of our culture in a way. Um, so two, two really useful things coming out of it. Have you documented that really important value into formally into into the values, or is it just in the hand? 
Well, I guess, you know, our, our values are, um, you know, the, the first one is around passionate people. I guess it sits in there and, and, and the team focus, but really that, um, you know, very inclusive supporting environment, um, you know. So I guess it is there anyway. Yeah. Um, it's just leveraging that. And, and it was, I guess, bringing it to life in a way that got people comfortable. I think also people realised that we were not just talking about it. Mm. Living up. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so um, what does the future look like for the, for the business and what challenges do you have, do you see coming down, down the pipeline, aren't you? Yeah, I think, you know, the challenges for us are probably the, the global challenges that we're all facing. I think, you know, having a highly engaged workforce and retaining them is, is probably number one both opportunity and, and challenge at the moment in the retention space. So it's become even more important. Um, and we focus, as I said, we continue to work in that space. Um, you know, we had a, we, we got um, recognised recently through one of the Australian Financial Review um, yeah. pieces of work on, on the boss and, you know, into the finalists there. And I think... Okay, let's, just, let's expand that. You, you got recognised as... Employer of choice to work for, I think. Is that right? Yeah, second, number two. We got second in, in the category of transport, property, and um, um, construction. Right. So it was pretty, we were pretty proud of it for a little business like ours, you know. It was a pretty mm. good result. But I think, you know, you saw out of that too because they did a different survey on our staff again, which made up 50% of the kind of, of the marking. Um, and there's plenty to be done still, mm. um, you know. And I think you just got to keep trying to work on it. And, and when you do go to those sorts of awards, you hear what other people are doing, and and uh, you know, so so that remains like an absolute fundamental focus of our business. Um, and and attached to that, which is not just engagement, but it's obviously linked is wellness. Um, yep. Sort of become more relevant. I think there's probably ultimately more pressure in people's lives, in particular. You know, we saw any cost of living coming through now, and all those sorts of things that we we, we try to want to get people into their best frame of mind, I guess, and support mm. that. Congratulations. Uh, it's interesting. I uh, One of my uh, clients at the upper end is a company called Insight, and they're number 15 in Australia, um, best place to work um, overall. And they're also ranked highly in New Zealand, Singapore, Hong Kong, China, and the Philippines, I think. Um, and it's fascinating how that, you know, that focus of, um, uh, looking after, not, not, it's not necessarily looking after the staff, but the focus on on the team, how it lifts the whole com- the whole the whole company. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's if you're in the service industry, and I, mean, I think, if, I mean, unless you're making automated manufacturing, I mean, it's any business, uh, you know, I mean, you need people make a choice every time they do something how they turn up, the mood they turn up into, just the effort they put into and the amount of thinking that goes into what they're doing and the amount of their own creativity. And, yep. you know, so I think, you know, if you want to maximise that, and it's pretty awesome when you when you get when you get close to it, that, um, yeah, I think every business, you know, should be focused there first yeah. and foremost. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, the right people doing the right things, everything everything else finds. Yeah, you know. And, and we've did a, we've tried to do quite a bit of work. Can you ask your sort of priorities around around leadership skills, in particular around coaching as an area we've been working in. Um, and, and one of uh, a consultant that we were, we were having a chat to recently, sort of his view was like you know coaching is the superpower of leaders. And I think 
for us, you know, we, we really sort of value that space as well and try and to get away from and, you know, we all struggle with it, you know, from, from sort of telling and try to ask and get people to think for themselves and, you know, harness the energy and I guess the, uh, you know, the capacity. Yeah, interesting. The, um, the, um, uh, people sometimes ask me what, what book I recommend the most. Um, the book that I give away the most is a book called Legacy. Uh, by James Kerr, and it's you know, he documented the values of the All Blacks, and it's all about you know the legacy the leaders leave and and how that grows for the organisation. Yeah, you know, he was one that documented the um, you know always sweep out the sheds as an example. Um, yeah, I mean incredible, powerful metaphor and reality for those guys. But uh, yeah. yeah, definitely a different type of leadership. Yeah, it doesn't quite fit with my Barrel Blacks under eights team that I coach, but that's another story. <laughs> um, tell me, when you think about the word successful. Um, who do you think about? Who would you put out there? Uh, it's a good question. I mean, you know, I mean, it, it, it could be so many people depending on what they're what they're trying to do and, and what they want. Um, you know, I think I mean, I, I like a lot of sport, and uh, so obviously see people at the pinnacle there, winning, and, uh, and and how they've got themselves. And then I guess if I look at business, it's it's probably people who've been able to develop sustainable cultures where people are really thriving. And I think in business, the opportunities, yeah, and, and obviously when you're thriving, you're making money, but the opportunities to really impact positively on, on people's lives, you know. And so when you see businesses that are people that have started enterprises that have been able to do that and, you know, all stakeholders are winning and they've got good social responsibility, I guess that's in the business sense, uh, that's what success looks like for me. Yeah, no, it's, it's interesting. This is one of the really interesting questions I ask. And I got... One of the, the most interesting answers yesterday, yesterday um, the CEO I was speaking to said Tom Cruise. And I initially went, Tom Cruise? And then he said, look, you know, he's been at the, he's in his 60s, he's been at this thing for 45 years. He's got these multiple franchises that you know, essentially employ so many people. Um, you know, and you know, when I started thinking about it, it was a really good example, like a very left-field example from what yeah. I did not expect, but it was... Um, uh, yeah, it's about building, um, you know, communities that, that, that drive together, uh, you know, forward together. So it was an interesting question. Um, business books, podcasts, blogs, biographies of leaders, are there any that stick out to you that you'd recommend? You know, I, I can't say there would be. I mean, I, I tend to jump around a bit um, um, with whatever, you know, grabs my fancy at the time. Certainly, um, you know, Probably more in the at the moment, sort of reading, but more around stuff um, from Simon Sinek and uh, sort of Brené Brown, sort of stuff. Just as we get into this wellness um, era, and then also very interested in, in, in as I said, in, in stuff around coaching and that whole mindset change, and and I guess that learning mindset and trying to embed that in a corp- in an organisation and in, and in people and get them to start focusing. So any kind of little tools around there. So I think sort of learning that people have got definitely short attention spans. So try and find little grabs of things that really have some power in them and share them. Um, and it's it's quite broad. Yeah, it's interesting. It's one of the things I recommend with my clients is that uh, in their quarterly cadence um, that all leaders' KPIs are that um, every member of their team must be coached on a quarterly basis. And we build in a... Um, yeah, a bit of a template, you know, not detailed, um, but, you know, um, 
and I'll send this through to you, um, some questions to help the leaders actually um, you know, coach their team members. Um, and we, um, uh, across the board, we um, um, benchmark uh, the team members on based on their first on values, how they live the values of the company, and then how they how productive they are in their function based on their KPIs. And but the, the leaders' KPIs include this, you know, coaching um, and also development plans for all their team. If they they don't have those in place um, in a in a, a good way. It's a not a markdown, but it's something for you know for the CEO to actually coach the leaders on, and we build that into the into the quarterly rhythm as as, as a as one of the major priorities. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think um, yeah, having those conversations um, and getting good at coaching, you know, does ultimately <clears throat> well. It certainly um, enables um, the leaders to get the best out of their people if they're able to to learn that. absolutely. And knowing what the people want, you know, like, you know, wh- where do they see their future and, and what do they, you know, and therefore building training around that and everything, everything else that comes with it. So yeah. it's a it's a superpower for the company to get it right. And I think for, you know, I think that, that I think with you guys with the scaling up, a fair amount of that stuff is around cadence as well. Mm. And I noticed with the Joyce's, you know, making sure not only were you having the conversations, but it was regular. Yeah, absolutely. And committed. You know, yeah. I think those are, that's another powerful part of it is making sure that you you make the time always, mm. and, it, and and don't compromise on it. Yeah, you know, it's if you get those rhythms, um, it's like your fortnightly, fortnightly all hands um, call. Um, it's a huge thing. It's a great way of gathering information from, from them, um, you know, from the, from the front line, um, and you know, it, and also to impart that information. Yeah, agreed. Last question: Any last piece of advice or parting words you'd give to a CEO? And you see, yeah. Sorry, I just I didn't get the, the back any part any parting words or advice or one piece of advice you'd give to a new CEO. Oh, um, well, I think I mean if, if you know, we've spoken about a lot of the stuff, but but maybe also you know don't don't take yourself too seriously. I guess would be it, and uh, um, I mean you're not going to be right all the time. Um, you know, and you will make mistakes, I guess. Um, that's just the way it is. Um, so I guess be kind to yourself, really, ultimately. That's a good piece of advice. Um, because, you know, we do make mistakes and we've got to move on from them. I agree. Yeah. Greg, thank you so much. That was really, really interesting. I really enjoyed our conversation. Well, thanks, Jonathan. Appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. If you were hearing this message, you've listened to the entire episode. And for that, we want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts. We hope you enjoyed this new episode. And if you did, please leave us a review on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify, or wherever you watch slash listen. Please share this episode with others who may be interested in this topic. If you want to be a guest on the podcast, please send an email to admin at scaleupgrowth.co. Put be a guest in the subject line and tell me a little about yourself. If you want to gauge where your business growth potential is and identify where the biggest opportunities in your business lie or where the key needs that you need to concentrate on right now are, take our assessment where you will receive personalized advice for improvement. It's quick and free. Go to scaleupgrowth.scoreapp.com. If you would like to work with me one-to-one, I love coaching and get the best outcomes that way. Send me an email to jonathan at scaleupgrowth.co and put one-to-one in the heading. Tell me a bit about your business and let's see how we can apply a great strategy for your business.
So that's it for this week. Tune in next time for more great learnings from a scaling entrepreneur.